Welcome to New York's Finest, Retired and Unfiltered Podcast. The mission of this podcast is to explore the life and experiences of those who at one time held a front row ticket to the greatest show on earth, policing the streets of New York City. This show hosts a wide variety of guests from all walks of life and professions, but remains centered around introducing retired members of the NYPD to our audience while having real unfiltered discussions. Please tune in each week and like and subscribe to hear true crime stories and opinions on past and present events like you've never heard them before. All right, everybody, welcome. Welcome to New York's Finest Retired and Unfiltered Podcast. I got my guest here today, great guy, Yuri Dashevsky. Yuri's running, he's running uh, election to the United States House to represent New York's 8th Congressional District. He's running against Hakeem Jeffries. Um, Hakeem Jeffries in the primary um, secured 19,222 votes in the Democratic primary. In the 2020 election, in the general election, he, he, he received 234,000 votes. That's, that's, and he's still holding that seat currently. So uh, I wanted to bring Yuri on. Yuri's running. He's in, the, he's in Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn. He's a great guy. I've been interacting with him on social media. I have a lot of friends that, that, uh, that introduced us. And, you know, we want to push him over that way over that 235 mark. We want to make sure the vote is strong. We know New York, New York is, is the battleground right now. New York is the battleground for the United States of America. Um, Brooklyn is home of left-wing maniacs and we're trying to get common sense people in here. Yuri, I appreciate you taking the time right before the election to come out and speak with us. Um, Could you please tell us a little about yourself? John, first off, thank you and everybody. It's an honor to be here to share the screen with you, share your audience. I'm happy you invited me. I'm very honored, as I said. And uh, to me, New York uh, NYPD is uh, the um, the top of of the top of um, creme de la creme. You may say sounds very sensitive, but I really respect you guys, and I know that you are that blue line that is featured so prominently and it's basically in this year these years this time uh it's it's a sign of quality people residing in the house and uh in the building when they have this flag on with the blue line on it or they have a sticker on the car it means that those people uh know what they're talking about and we have a lot in common uh in particular i I don't ask actually for, for my voters to have a lot in common with me I just want us to share a little bit of common sense that this famous, this country was built upon and it was famous for. And this common sense brought so many people to this country, including myself. And it's still, you know, whatever people say about the United States today, whatever we ourselves say about the United States today, it still brings crowds of people to this country. Now, illegally, though, across this open border, non-existent border. That that cannot stand, and that's one of the reasons that I, I decided to run. We we are a country. We're a country of immigrants, right? All of us. You know, I'm I'm a third generation, but you know, all of us have have ties to to other parts of the world, right? And 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 we come here and we stand and we're able to speak our mind and share with each other and share and experience each other's culture. Where uh where did you actually come from? Where did you immigrate from? You know, my, my family got kicked about during the 20th century and the 21st century. Now, I represent 21st century uh, pretty much. 
universe. But uh, the whole of the family was uh, separated early in the 20th century, and there was a big Jewish family in Ukraine. And uh, somehow, uh, girls, when they married, their husband went to America. And in America, they... they uh, earned money to uh, buy tickets. Some of them I know gave tickets. They gave the money. They're like It took like five, seven years to bring the family here, one family. So they gave money to wrong people. So they had to work seven years more again. So finally, the girls came here. I think it was four sisters of my grandfather. And the boys stayed in the Soviet Union for whatever reason, not entirely clear to me. I think it was kind of sexy, you know, to, to run around with Bolsheviks or some such, because Jews were oppressed for a long, long time. And then in 1970, in 1917, it uh, began um, to look like a Jew, new, 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 new lease of, on, on life for Jewish people. Although, of course, they ran after under a banner of socialism and read severely disappointed later on, thrown into jail. A lot of family died during World War II. Uh, they ended up uh, leaving Odessa when the Nazis were about to take over, leaving Kiev, that my mother's family, uh, when Nazis were taking over Kiev. And they fled to uh, Uzbekistan, which is north to Afghanistan, if it's still, you know, anybody knows where it is. It's Central Asia. It's uh, some rocks, uh, some mountains, uh, some steppes, uh, some deserts, uh, some rivers. Uh, it's it's kind of nice place and um, nothing like Switzerland, although they like to, to call themselves like second Switzerland. Doesn't matter. So it was a place of exile, basically, throughout the history of Russia. And uh, we were, they were greeted there. They grew up there and they became adults. They married uh, each other and uh, they produced me and my younger brother. So I spent there 36 years of my life. And uh, I, um, I uh, became a screenwriter eventually. I, I, I have education as an architect. I graduated as an architect, having an MA in the discipline. But I preferred theater, I preferred movies, and I wrote some films. I was uh, lucky to get uh, my um, talent, quote-unquote, peak during perestroika times. So things that were unusual, things that were critical to the regime, were allowed to be made. Not unlike now in Russia. But then it was a short window, small window of opportunity that I used sort of to the hilt. Although I didn't do it consciously, I just wrote what I thought was right. So we made a few films with a friend of mine, director. They were played in uh, small theaters there. And here they they got some museum play in the West. I mean, they, they were in MoMA. They were in um, in Louvre, a place where they show like peculiar movies, uh, socially very charged. And there was not kind of social charge that we accept today here in the United States as something like socialist, like, uh, you know, justice, all this kind of stuff. Just marveling at the peculiarities of life and the strange behavior of people. And of course, a strong anti-communist uh, whiff to them. So we got, they tried to 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 um, put some charges against us because we used uh, this um, you know, bad words. It was very, very, uh, they didn't like it, uh, the Soviet Union. It was a special uh, punishment for this, using it in public. But um, 
anyway so uh then soviet union collapsed and i uh, i had to uh do something else so i got hired by the un and they sent me to afghanistan and to tajikistan uh, there was a civil war in Tajikistan that the United uh, Nations High Commissioner for Refugees was taking was taking care of, and um, so they wanted me to make documentaries that would a documentary first first one to show both sides because uh, part of them went uh, fled to Afghanistan and part remained the winning part remained in Tajikistan, so they wanted me to make films that they would facilitate the reconciliation and return of those who fled to Afghanistan because they were dying like flies in the middle of uh, near to they didn't they were not even allowed to go into Mazari Sharif they were positioned in a step and uh, there was a huge cemetery and uh, nobody had the right pair of shoes in December the kids were wearing sandals like different colors different sizes incredibly terrible all of this was so um I went there, I made two documentaries for them because we managed to get them back. They managed to get them back. My part was just to show them possible, you know, whatever video could be uh, that they would believe as truthful because it was really scary for people to go back. The the, uh, Amud area, the river between Afghanistan and uh, Tajikistan was blood, was red with blood, like biblically red with blood. So, and the neighbors went against the neighbor neighbors went on neighbors and they, they they kind of they raised each other houses i mean the winning side raised the houses of the other side so they wouldn't be able to come back they cut off the the, the water uh ta- water faucets in the house in on in the streets because they have to go to the you know water outside sometimes in some some uh, villages so that was that it was a terrible terrible hostility and also the mercenaries from all over former Soviet Union and even from Saudi Arabia and other countries with uh, fundamentalist uh, groups of Islam, they came there and they also fought being paid for by uh, different uh, fundamentalist groups. So long story short, uh, then I enjoyful, uh, joyfully made a documentary about the history of jazz in Uzbekistan, some points sponsored by the um, U.S. Embassy in Uzbekistan. And with this, I left uh, for the United States at the ripe young age of uh, 36. So now 26 in this country. Um, And um, I've done a lot of things. Being an architect, I'm I'm used to learning new things because it's a very fluid, uh, very flexible uh, trade. you got to know, you know, what's what. So I I learned the uh, computer graphics. I learned the uh, multimedia design. And I was part of pretty big projects that were ahead of their time, meaning I didn't make much money on them. But if I they, they would be peaking today, then that would be a big, big, big deal. But they were before our time, before this time, you know, came to in too early. So eventually, I uh, I sold the screenplay. I wrote a screenplay. Was commissioned one uh, to to write. And it was about 10 years ago. I still think it would make a great movie. It's a, a biography of an American, a real story, life story of a man who was lured into Soviet Union, promised to become like Russian Elvis Presley, an American singer. Nobody knows about him here. He's still worshipped in Soviet in Russia. He's still worshipped in Germany when he, where he actually uh, lived after all, because he could not live in Soviet Union. His name was Dean Reed. And uh, he really became like a big star in Soviet Union, had as many followers uh, as Elvis had in the West, 
Everybody was, liked him. He sang American songs. He never made it in this country big, but he had his half a billion people who followed him. And uh, he tried to become instrumental. It's, I call it a rock and roll spy thriller because he, he sang rock and roll and he said like lounge uh, songs, very beautiful man, really, not just handsome, beautiful. But he sang songs, uh, not, not, I, I don't like him. He's, uh, he's kind of average uh, in, my, in my book. But uh, he was very popular, but he wanted to be very, uh, you know, socially active. So he tried to become an agent for KGB. He tried to become an agent for Stasi when he moved to, to Germany. And it's interesting how he was uh, kind of uh, living a pretty comfortable life, filing his taxes, U.S. taxes, never returned his his uh, passport, U.S. passport. Mm, and um, it's a long story short, when Perestroika happened, it turned out that he nobody likes him really. And everybody was into, you know, the, the music was forbidden prior to the the time and nobody wanted him. So he decided to go back to uh, United States at one point, and somehow I don't know how it's it's a movie in a movie sort of. Uh, see, he got Mike Wallace to come to Berlin, and to 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 take him to sixty minutes, and they made a story called Defector about him, and uh, he told his story. He said, "I'm Marxist, uh, you know, and I think it's time for America to embrace Marxism," and we're talking about uh, year nineteen eighty six. And uh, his friends called him. He was he was from Denver, Colorado, and they called him. and said, "When you come back, if you come back, you know, just uh, wear the bulletproof vest because you're not going to make it without it, you know, out of the plane." And uh, he said, moreover, he said in this interview that I'm planning to go back. And uh, if you remember, if anybody of the listeners remember, it was Gary Hart who was running for U.S. presidency, and being a former senator. Mm, he was mentioned in this interview by Dean Reed. He said, I, I will I will run for his place. I will replace him in the Senate because there will be an empty seat. That's my plan. So, uh, boom, three months later, he got he drowned in the lake by which he lived for, I don't know, 20 years, maybe 15 years. His wallet, his mother came. Uh, she saw his wallet. Wallet was absolutely dry. No water reached, but it was like up to up to up to your, you know, you know, so black, black, black. What? How do you call it? Then, like chest or whatever. A chest, yeah, yeah, yeah. Solar plexus, I want to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that level of water. He was excellent sportsman. He could uh, ride a horse. He he was in one movie even with Yul Brynner. Uh, Yul Yul Brynner dis despised him so much he he couldn't sit in the same room with him, and uh, so but. He, he's, he's this kind of character, like ultimate opportunist. And that that kind of opportunism, I think we see every day uh, on in our media. We see how people, I don't believe those people are stupid who, who, who pour all this garbage in our ears. They're not stupid. They, they just pay to do it. And they have this uh, something in them that says, no, 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 shut up, shut up. Never say anything against it. Enjoy the ride, relax and lie. It's it just to me, it's uh, something that really kicked me to 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 in the head to to get up and go into what we call politics here. Now, I'm uh, I'm getting I'm shudder I shudder when I Google my name and it comes to Yuri Dashevsky, a politician. You know, I. <laughs> I mean, you don't you don't sound like much of a politician though, because you're worldly. 
You have a lot of life experience. You know, we see many politicians. This is they go to college, spend a little bit of time in college. Most of them child of privilege. Um, they have not much life experience and their career and life's work is in politics, is in decision making in other people's lives before they even know how to run their own. They don't even know how to make their own bed. And then yet they're going to tell people how to run businesses. They're going to tell police how to police. They're going to pass all these laws. So, I mean, you're, you're a very interesting guy. I mean, you're sitting in front of me right now. You have a, you have a, a MAGA hat on, right? Yeah. Uh, how, how did you... Like when you came to this country, how did you embrace America? Was America always something for you before you came here? Or like how did you like come to study America and the laws of our land and, and what made you embrace it? You have a big, huge American flag behind you. I know you're a patriot. I follow you on social media. Um, like how how'd that happen for you? Uh, thank you for all your kind words, uh, John. Uh, you know, I lived with the idea of the United States entering my life or my, my entering life of the United States, uh, <laughs> whichever you, you slice it, uh, since I was born, because I, I mentioned that my family, part of my family was here, lived here. My grandfather was in touch with them. He was writing letters to them. They responded. They sent me the records. I enjoyed it. And I... I um. I, I I knew that I will end up uh, in in this country this way or the other. Uh, so uh, when I came here, um, of course, prior to that, I read a lot of stuff about this country. I watched a lot of movies, like any good citizen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, when I came here, and I came like uh, anybody, you know, just a regular Joe Schmo, and I I, I took it like a hook, line, and sinker. Certain things, uh, I was never disappointed. I came, I was lucky to get across a number of books. I read a lot for the first three years. I read a lot. I read, read much less books these days. It's all internet now, and the, the news, and it's it's not really good. But books opened my eyes, and there, there are wonderful books written by immigrants because I was avidly consuming everything written for pe by people who came here before me and what was their impression, and am I right to think this about that, and am I wrong to think this about that? Because it's important to, you know, how shall I put it? Uh, not that I'm dependent on other people's opinion, but I'm very interested in other people's opinions and, and uh, experiences, and I think this is how civilization is built. It's built on stories. You know, when you live in New York, say, one example, New York, 90% is uh, what you think of New York is a myth. It's a myth. And what, do you mean by, use, what do you mean by that? I mean, I mean by that, that people say, you know what? You can go to New York and you will sing on Broadway. Yeah. It's, it's one of a million can make it. It's like talking about Hercules in ancient Greece. You know, you cannot do all these things that he's done. Yeah. But gotcha. there are people, one you, once you say that it can be done, there will be someone who will come out and do it. This is a myth. Because it, it it moves people to achieve things in life. But if you achieve it or not, it's not even up to you. It's a combination of so many things, including divine powers, including, you know, your own abilities, people around you, uh, what you love in life, what you hate in life, you know, your likability kind of index, if I may say so. So that, that's what I call a myth. And it doesn't stop anybody. It doesn't stop anybody. If you're looking for justice, say, right, in in traditional sense, not in the way that they use it on TV yeah. today. 
Will you find it? Will you ever find it? Is it does it reasonable to 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 waste your life on that? If, if nine people out of ten tell me now, say Yuri, why are you doing this? You will never win. I came. It all boiled down to me uh, to a simple answer, and I started it like months ago, giving people this answer: bring two friends, and we win. The ratio now we have twenty five percent roughly, and Hakim Jeffries Republicans have uh, the rest seventy five percent. If you bring two friends, we're well over fifty percent. That's it. Is it hard to bring two friends? You know how many people I met who are proud of never voting, having never voted in this in their life. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Are you registered? I don't know. I still have like forty forms to register people in my car. Because I was giving them out left and right. Not a single person came by me without me asking him, are you registered? NYC.gov, go check your your election, uh, your voting site, where you go on November 8th. Some checked, some have not. And then, you know, I still meet people. Oh, I didn't register, you know. Didn't I tell you months ago to go check? No, I didn't go. I was busy. But they love sitting in front of television or their phones and suffer and uh, commiserate and they meet me and they rip the shirt and they say, Yuri, I'm with you. Yuri, I like your programs because I'm doing programs on YouTube for two yeah. years. That's what brought me into politics like big time. Before that, like everybody else, I just like talking about it. Being on the right side of history yeah. doesn't help anybody. It's arranged by great Western civilization, the greatest civilization that was built starting from, some say extraterrestrials, but I would start with Mesopotamians, Egyptians, yeah. Hebrews, Romans, Greeks, uh, Dark Ages, they call them. They were right, lighter than what we have today, trust me. If you go to places where you see art created during Dark Ages, most beautiful things, most beautiful things. So th that's that's what pissed me off because we need to we need to straighten our behavior. I'm sorry, we need to straighten our behavior. We we have to get into action, like Steve Bannon says. You know, human agency, and democracy is the tool that is abused left and right, but it has one thing: it gives you your voice. And in this country, like everybody's laughing in America. Oh, you're so political. You like your voting system. You like your constitution. So let's do it. We have this, this, this notoriety anyway. Let's not disappoint anybody. Let's use our rights. It's, it's just people shed real blood, real red blood defending it. And they still do. Absolutely. And, and that's, that's a big problem in New York City is getting the voters out. You know, um, and, and I truly believe we are being led by our inferiors currently because of the lack of care. Oh, I'm not into politics. I'm like, everything in life is politics. You come into the precinct every day. You come to work every day and you complain about all of these laws. Why, why are all the prison? Why, why are we locking people up and they're letting them out? Why? We're not doing it. We're doing our job. The NYPD is doing its job. The leadership in the NYPD is doing its job. The politicians are failing us. Politics is failing us. The only way to change that is to get out, register, and vote. I mean, the, the primaries in New York City were abysmal. You had less than one-fourth of voter turnout. It was, it's disgusting. You know, For people that are fed up when I turn on that news every day, like you say, and you're going to sit there and commiserate over it and not go to exercise the simplest thing, it's, it's complete insanity to me. And I do believe, though, 
I do believe this is the time and people are waking up. So I'm glad that you're out there. I'm glad that that you're you're awake and that you you're putting your ring, you're putting your hat in the ring and you want and you want to make a difference. Um what what specifically was it though that drove you? I know you said you like your YouTube channel, you got into making films, but what specifically was it that you were like, all right, you know what? I'm I'm gonna do this. I I, I know it's a it's a big leak. I'm gonna go out there. There's a big giant called Goliath that, down the thing, but I but you know what? I I killed the lion and I killed the bear. So what what makes you, what makes Yuri go out and say I'm I'm gonna run for Congress? You know what? I decided that uh, um, oh, run for Congress. Uh, you know what? The thing was that I um, let let's start with the real world kind of me- mechanics. Sure. Uh, I I had my channel as I mentioned briefly. It's mostly yes. in Russian. So we had a young woman, an attorney, running for city council seat here in the Vernikov, here in Brooklyn, yep. Brighton her. Beach, all those areas. So she came to me. I had a show. I was a kind of uh, fixture on political talk on the Russian radio here in New York, or New York-based Russian radio. So uh, uh, she came to my show on Freedom FM 104.7, uh, beautiful station, and we had a program, and uh, she liked my bedside manners, so to speak. Uh, I, I carried her because her, he was not unsure of her Russian, uh, and program was in Russian. So I, I, as a professional interpreter, I helped her a lot in a very nice manner. That's behind the scenes, like inside baseball thing. So it can be done. And she said, let's do it again. Let's do another program. So she became a client uh, that she advertised uh, during her campaign. But she said, for the internet, I want, I would like to hire you. And I did ad libs twice a day in the morning, uh, up to five minutes, I could talk about her in Russia. And I had a banner and I did same thing in the evening. And everybody liked it so much. And so everybody started calling me like I was a headquarters. Yuri, what should I do? Where do I register? This and that. That's how I learned a little bit more about the mechanics. And she got, she won. Yep. She won the election two to one. Uh, 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 her opposition was a man who what, used to be a Republican. He turned into Democrat. He couldn't get elected as a Republican. He, did, he was not elected as a Democrat either. But she won and she credited me openly for her uh, uh, win, uh, in part because uh, I brought so many people to uh, the voting sites. I took them out. I took them to the sites. I said, listen, you like her? You want to change your life? And a lot of people here in uh, New York, we still have what is called a social safety net. And a lot of people think that anything they do against Democrats would, would pull the rug from under them. And so people are like you know they they very afraid that's one of the things that also brought me to this situation the, the fear that i feel in the society around me these days and the cynicism because in soviet union again i have to go back because it has to do with what russia is today Absolutely. the feeling that you cannot change anything was pervasive everybody was through that you know so you you gotta steal you gotta do whatever you need but you won't, won't be able to change anything. Then one day, boom, Soviet Union is gone. What we have now is not a Soviet Union. It's, I mean, Russia, but that's a whole different story. This country is more important. So they all voted and she won. And we became the reddest area. This, this district uh, became the reddest district in, uh, in Brooklyn and uh, even redder than, than, than Staten Island. 
believe it or not, because we uh, because how we voted. And based on this, Republican Party and Conservative Party uh, offered me to run. And I remembered Yogi Berra. You see a fork in the road, take it. So I said, give me two seconds. No, one's enough. I'm in. So I went in, I started fundraising online. I raised very meager amounts. By today's measures, it's nothing. But Brooklyn is plastered with my signs. People know me in the street. Cops came for the incident that I have today when my catalytic converter was stolen in the street. They said, oh, we know you. We saw your signs. And it's 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 a huge area. <laughs> it's it's eight hundred uh, and change uh, thousand people living here. Six hundred of them, a thousand of them uh, can vote as of twenty uh, twenty. So uh, that's that's the, that's the story here. That's what brought me here, and uh, I, I'm exploring. I'm seeing that it can be done for much less. We'll see the results, of course, on November eighth. But so far, every day I get well wishes. I and I go where they told me not to go. Don't talk to people. Say they said. I mean, they said the people who know politics. Yeah. yeah. Don't try to talk Democrats or who you would consider Democrats, like big Democratic blue color um, areas on the map, Canarsie, African American areas who are still working on a plantation for Democrats. In my opinion. But in everybody's opinion, and I go went there last weekend, last Sunday. I was there um, with my volunteers, like eight of us, and I cannot describe to you the friendly reception that we had there. I was in this cap. Nobody objected. Everybody said, "I mean, there were people who said, no, 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 we are we." As they say, "I'm not interested." That that's how they say. It. Yeah, but a lot of people said it's time to do it. And uh, the priests, uh, priests uh, blessed me officially. I was I, I didn't want to go into the church because I, I thought it uh, they would be against it. I would I would wait outside for for the end of a mass, and then they they said in a Creole church I was brought in. I was blessed uh, in front of everybody. I was given a chance to say a short uh, speech, saying this is the show you came to. America is the show you came to be, to become a star of the show. You feel like a star? You feel anybody cares who you are? Nobody cares. I, they saw first uh, uh, a live Republican in front of them, someone related to Republican Party. Because they, they, when people think for themselves, they think, you know, I'm rather a Republican than a Democrat. On this, I'm a Republican. On that, I'm a Democrat. This, I'm socially conservative, blah, blah, blah. But no Republican ever came to them and asked him, how are you? What do you need? And in Russian areas, it's easy, easier in a way. I come to them; they sit on the on the boardwalk. Uh, what you gonna give us? They ask me. I say, "What do you want?" I say, "I can give you law and order if you elect me. I can give you U.S. Constitution back. I can give you uh, education for your kids. That's like first three points of my program. This is what we have already in place. This is what we need to fix and paint." And uh, refurbish, retool. But the structure is here. Hire cops. Follow the Constitution. It's written. You don't have to come up with anything new. Leave your thoughts to yourself. Restore what worked. And same thing with education. Beautiful buildings. Tears come to my eyes when I saw today we went to Williamsburg. Same story. People love it. Beautiful schools. What they teach inside. 
is a whole different story. A lot of people don't like what's going on with education, but we can fix it by having more competition. We don't fire teachers. They will leave. They will go to better schools. If they are against the garbage, they, they're forced to teach. And everybody and anybody should have a right to open their own school. Seriously cut the red tape in this department. And uh, whatever money they have left in this education system, that would be, you know, enough to support the teachers. They promised the uh, thingies, you know, the, the, whatever the, the, the social against social safety net that they promised to them, all this, all those things. But other schools, new schools should be given a chance and not being, you know, uh, constantly betrayed and fight, fought, fought against. It's, it's, it's not the, the right way. I say I believe in competition. My my core belief that by by really uh, struggling uh, to get better ideas, better ways of life, better concepts that would work, we we get uh, ahead in life. This is real progress, not like chasing you know your own tail or looking for some great crazy Russian ideas or crazy European ideas. Socialism has no room in this country. Oh, but in New York City, it's it's sincerely taking hold, you know, and I, I, I really I applaud you for going out into those communities where they tell you not to go, because the the main problem is and I would say with any politician, because I'm the kind of guy I really don't care what what party you say you're with. If you could sit down with me and have a conversation, because like you, you, you did say you're interested in people. You like to learn about people. Yeah. And we all, you know, and I, I think me and you both believe that we don't know everything. We like to learn some stuff. I might be dead set on some on some issues, but I want to learn from other people. But going out there and actually talking to someone is not things that you see a lot from politicians. Actually talking to people, willing to have a answer a question, even hear a question, you know. And and so when people see that, that goes a long way, man. It go it it it, it transcends. I'm a Democrat. I'm a Republican. It's like you know, I met Yuri today. I'm speaking with Yuri right now, and I could tell that Yuri's a real person, and I could tell he's not going to stick a knife in my back because, you know, and maybe we won't agree on everything, but Yuri's a real person, you know? I, 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 I respect Yuri. He came out here. He shook my hand. We spoke on some issues. He told me what he felt about on this issue, and he told me what he didn't feel on the other issue. He wasn't just toting the company line. So I, I, I think that'll go a long way for you. I, I really, really do. And, and you're right. A lot of people are afraid to talk today. Um, uh, I read, um, I read a, a lot of Solzhenitsyn uh, growing up and I, and, and I still, I still follow his work. And, you know, you did say there is this sentiment like, Oh, that you, the Democrats, they'll pull the rug out. They're afraid. Um, you know, there's, there's like this thing in the air. And, and one quote that always stuck with me was he said, um, one man who doesn't partake in the lie could change the world. One man yeah. who stops lying could change the world, you know? So, so here you are, you know, um, I don't feel alone at all. You know, I go to people that I think, you know, I, I realize that nothing in our world today, when a lot of people, I mean, I have 10,000 subscribers on YouTube. Some of them are watching quite regularly. Most of them support me and uh, I don't feel lonely at all. It really it gave me kind of got my juices running you know uh, my brain started working together uh, i mean getting th putting things together uh, it may not look like this sometimes but i really feel like like it's working better and uh, um, it's uh, it's really something that i i understand people want to see a li li live person 
you need to go to them and you cannot do it most of the time you understand you cannot cover almost, almost a million people shake hands with everybody but if you go to key situations like i have here i have deep penetration so to speak in the russian community uh, russian-speaking community and uh, i have uh, uh, i'm covering those areas that kind of could be impressed by my appearance there it's not cynical i'm, I'm curious really what i'm curious uh, about is most of all is it true and if i go there and people will start you know throwing accusations at me and nobody will hear me out and no everybody will shun me and uh, think i'm a leper coming there in a red maga hat no not at all absolutely not at all republicans must be there every week in every neighborhood having a little office there that would be really working and people would forget we only need to do 10 percent of what democrats do in brooklyn in new york yeah i'll speak for cd8 for congressional district 8. Yeah. if we do 10 percent, now we're doing like point zero 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 one almost nothing everything is concentrated at the headquarters and there's a big, beautiful road to prosperity. If Republicans pick up the the fight, so to speak, it's not you're not supposed to use this word fight, but they'll use it. So they would come to people, and when they asked me on Brighton Beach, uh, when I asked, I told them, "I'll give you this and that, and the security and the constitution and education." They said, "Democrats bring us food." They really get some nearly near expired food and they, they start people line up to get the bags of food because they have this food insecurity since the time of communist China or communist Soviet Union. So they feel like the house should be stuck with whatever sweet or sour or whatever stuff they, they, they would gather, they would they could procure. So I asked my friend, uh, I said, I'll give you food. Are you hungry in America? It's It's really, I mean... We hear a lot of commercials, but in New York, uh, it's it's really hard to be hungry. People are, I mean, if you look normal, if you don't look like you're going to chop everybody up with with a with a with a tomahawk, you, people will feed you. Not a problem at all. I saw a scene in the subway on the subway when there was a woman begging for money. So oh, I have nothing to eat. I don't. And the woman, both black women, a black woman was sitting, uh, going back from work, and she had the cereal, uh, like several boxes of cereal in in her uh, in her bag, and she took one out and uh, she she uh, gave it to this uh, woman who was begging for for support. You cannot imagine the yelling match that started. No, I don't need your bloody cereal, this and that. I need the money. Give me the money. You want to give me something? Give me the money. So it was not about the hunger. I may be wrong. I may be wrong. Some people may say, no, you're wrong. We don't have enough food. But I know that in Russian kind of uh, social situations, very few people are hungry. I mean, if they're not taken care of by social services, because they come, it's it's all... If if there are some unique situations, but on the on the whole, it's it's okay. So I called a friend of mine. He said, "Not a problem. I have stuff that I can donate. Good quality food, good cookies, good this and that, condensed milk, like well well stored, uh, quality items." And I brought it to the community. It could be done. It could be done. The Democrats have no monopoly on this. If you feel like you will support the community by giving them extra food. They may throw it away too, by the way. 
yeah, once you turn around. Is. Yeah, but but if if it makes you look good, the Republicans can do it as well. They just don't do it. If, I, if it's a tool, you know, just just pick it and use it. I mean, we're we're in a we're in a, a Democrat run state and city, so they're using the funding that taxpayer funding. So you know, I always hate to hear, oh, they're giving it to us. They're really not. You know, the budget's not going to change if you elect a Republican, but maybe the money gets allocated a little better. You know, maybe the money gets allocated a little. Yeah, better. no, absolutely. And and one thing that uh, I mean, I I don't get pissed off about many things or you know but uh, when i do i am really pissed off uh what am i most pissed off uh, is that uh, the politics come from uh, washington i didn't understand it in full until i got in this uh, whole situation with election and the politicians here starting from the mayor and now governor present governor Hockel, they are all driven by washington politics they don't care about uh what what's good for people what's good for the business here what makes our people rich they only want people to live on handouts because that's how they stay in power forever they should be thinking more about getting making more new yorkers rich not about uh getting money from washington for programs like uh, building uh this 10 cities for refugees this is what uh, our uh, eric adams is doing our mayor it's just like most countries, they found a very convenient way of uh, running their economics, like Mexico or Uzbekistan uh, or many other countries, Ukraine until recently and the Russia until recently. They just say, you want to leave? You don't like it here? Go to your America. They will, they will give you, you know, means to support yourself. We don't need to build anything. We will live on remittance. You send money back to your families. Maybe you come back like so many Uzbeks do. They make a couple of bucks here. They go back. They build a huge house over there because it's much less, cost much less. And they live till the, um, till, till, as long as they want there. And it, it's very com- comfortable to them. They're used to this way of life. But this country is being used as, um, as a money-making tool for so many people uh, without uh, benefiting our I mean, they pay taxes, of course, they do all this. They live the law-abiding lives, most of them. But it should be understood that our people deserve to be taken care of first. Which form it will take, I propose uh, what they call laissez-faire. I think that those who are able to achieve, just forget all those ableist crap, all those new definitions, just just uh, scoff at them, just ignore them. It's non-existent thing. It's from different planet. Doesn't work on planet Earth. If you're able and willing, you got to be able and willing to be rich. That that's what we want. This is what people want. Things that bring us here together, and it's might, may sound very cynical. Is it's our common greed. We all want to achieve something in life, and that's the bare bones of our life here. We are peaceful. We don't fight with each other most of the time, because we want the same thing. We want to, to realize our own appetite for life. Be it money, be it sex, be it art, be it whatever. So that, that's what's holding us together. That's what brings us here. This country allows for realization of our ambitions. And that that's the long and short of it. This should be allowed. People should be following laws. There should be enough cops, enough justice to keep things in, in line. 
but um, the way people are decided today i think that i'm not I'm nothing i have nothing against people who want to work for the city or for the government for the federal whatever it, it's very good and it gives us excellent uh human specimen uh, who are great teachers great cops great firemen but there should be people who would like ancient greeks would sit on the on the log and go along the coast to discover new lands new markets just paddle paddle cross oceans go to go to space uh, go to mars go to whatever you know things or be successful in on wall street in finance in construction again and this is a person like donald trump you know to me he's a he's a hero and i grew to like him like so many smarties so to call so to say i was uh, into tom cruise uh, ted cruise not tom cruise ted, <laughs> ted cruise <laughs> i thought him a, a better better candidate but uh it took me not too long i must say uh on the on the russian speaking radio maybe the first one who started uh, talking about donald trump as the proper candidate uh, for presidency in 1916 it went to 2016 of course so uh yeah he's he's real man uh, with real uh mistakes uh real achievements and uh stellar achievements thinking of him reaching the presidency of the united states which is like one of it's almost like the first man in space you know to 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 become president of the united states and the, he's the first businessman in this century or last century maybe who was able to get there just by using you know life skills you know real real true skills understanding not just throwing money around left and right like hillary did, did like democrats do he spent twice as much as, as she did and he she got the result he got the result what, uh... so to, to me it, it was really something that again confirmed to that i should go and try not to emulate him of course because you cannot emulate him but uh, it's something that you gotta you gotta bring him back everybody wants him back of people who i meet not everybody okay some yappies don't some people who are in the dark they don't but seven out of ten six out of ten conservatively speaking say they want a republican uh, congress this year and it's very encouraging really encouraging they just say you i come to them they think i'm a democrat because they think everybody who comes to them is politics is a democrat i have to say on the average three times i'm a republican i am a republican this is maga this is a red cap i came to you you didn't come to me when people yell at me, why am I throw it away? I say, you, you want unity. You see, you mentioned unity. So look at this situation. I came to you in Canarsie. You didn't come to me in Brooklyn and say you want unity. You're a Democrat. I'm a Republican. So actions still speak louder than words, no? Absolutely. So yeah, this I, is- yeah, everybody told him he wasn't, he, he's crazy to think that he could win, right? You're not going to win. They told him too, you're not going to win. Why would you win? You're a businessman. It was like, you know, the, this, this, uh, it is absolutely fascinating. Like from the first interview that he gave uh, on American TV, I think as a young man, uh, like first major interview, I forgot, it was this woman from, with the, he met with her, got her name, 60 Minutes. Barbara and Walters, she I think. Said, what? No, 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 the, the other one. Um, the other one. All right, whatever, it doesn't matter. But yeah, it doesn't matter. I know the interview you're talking about. She's still there. She's still there. And she asked him, in every interview, basically, he was asked the same question since. Why don't you run for the office? Why don't you come? Would you like to become a U.S. president one day? 
So he tried once and uh, then he went uh, out and, and he won. So that's that's the arc of the character. You know, speaking of the, you know, the screenwriting, you see when the person achieves something, you see the line that he went by to get there. And you don't see any contradiction. He did this, he did that, he did this, he did that. And then he got there as a, a result of his actions. In, in with Donald Trump, it's absolutely obvious, successful in every step. However, you know, it could look, you know, strange to you. You never wore uh, the Trump fashion style. You never bought Ivanka Trump, uh, you know, a jacket for your wife. Or she never bought it for herself. It doesn't matter. He knows how to make things work. And those things were never kind of mean, were never kind of, you know, detrimental to American way of life. Just a little aspect they 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 covered. He built a lot in Brooklyn. Some places are still built, Trump uh, named as Trump Village, for example, or Trump uh, property owns them, or they, they still have the name Trump. However, you know, disgusting it may look to some in the management, but uh, that's what it is. You cannot erase it. So that's that's the thing. And uh, my website, of course, yuri4us.com. Uh, four could be a number, four could be a word. Uh, you cannot miss. yuri4us.com. You get there, you read my seven points, of which uh, three I uh, disclosed. It's, uh, it's law and order, of course. Because without law and order, you can go to school. You can you your parents cannot sit in 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 the uh, in the park on the bench. People get attacked, and the constitution is second because when you have law and order, you can talk about uh, getting people to uh, to answer for what for the crimes, or you can uh, people can use their uh, rights. Free speech is really trampled upon these days in most vicious socialist style. Second Amendment is no joke, as our president says. This is not a joke. It has to be supported. It has to be defended again. And so on and so forth. And then we have education, as I said. That's that's important. Everybody knows about it. We don't want kids in, the, in each other's pants. We don't want teachers in the pants. Shall I say? Should I should I say more about that? Then this fourth thing is surprisingly again. I think it can be done. We have this section uh, two thirty, I believe, to thirty C or C to thirty in the uh, internet. Um, what do they call it? The rules of where where there there's no responsibility of uh, the companies for what content, uh, whatever content they put up. Uh, how they call it? it slipped my mind. Anyway, doesn't matter. They should be responsible for how they govern their websites. They shouldn't be censoring things, and they should be uh, strongly supporting no porn and age policies, and kids and no no violence because terrible things you can see, especially with what's going on in the world in Ukraine. People put up stuff. You know, I know about it. I don't think it should be seen by everybody all this violence that's going on in the world. But people really, really kind of thrives on it. And uh, this, this is not the right way to do it. In history, there were certain 
you have to uh, jump over certain uh, certain hoops, uh, certain hurdles to together. You have to be able to to read, to understand, to buy a book, to learn things in life. Now you don't have to do all this, it, and it really comes to a minds that uh, just soak it in, and uh, nothing good comes of it. They emulate, they get a gun, they get a machine gun, they get a hand grenade, and they go to schools and they go kill kids. And that's to me, it's straight line straight line for what they see online on TikToks, all this stuff. And then of course comes energy independence. It's the stupidest thing. It's like the root of all evil. What we have here with the gas qualities, with inflation, uh, just turn on the, the, the friggin' uh, tap, you know, turn it on. What's holding you? You run around the world, speaking of President Biden, begging for oil. You're an American begging. Just, just simple, simple. Don't go to Venezuela. Go to Texas. Start it in up. Go to upstate New York. Upstate New York is thinking we're going to secede. We have the. We will set the fracking operation here, and you can go to hell with your, you know, ideas like becoming New York becoming the uh, abort uh, abortion capital of the world. Because that's that's the plan. That's the business plan. Everybody, everything else fails except making New York uh, abortion capital of the world. Because they, they do for against everything else. Only this one looks like a shining goal for them. That, and they, they take every uh, every migrant too and collapse yeah. and, co- and collapse all of our structures and our hospitals and our schools and all of our systems put in place. Yeah. And of course then the business I mentioned, the business. Business is very important. The business is makes people's lives full. And it, it helps other people around them. People who work for big, good companies like Trump Organization, they can go to a bank. We used to be able to go to a bank and say, listen, I worked for Donald Trump. Can I get a mortgage? Of course. We know you. We know the company. We know the man who runs it. So why not? Not every one of us is able to start an operation on his own, open a business. So we work for somebody. When we work for somebody, it, it should be a better company than we don't want to work for for people poorer than we are or stupider than we are. We have to sometimes, but that's not the goal. And the seventh point, of course, is the foreign policy. And it should be America first. There's no surprise. Some say it's a fascist slogan. Not at all. Take it for its face. It's not. It's like, you know, slogans don't kill people. People do. America first, on the face of it, you cannot say anything against it. First of all, of course, it every country should have their first. Except don't break the law. Don't break the furniture. Just sit where you are, tight, and make the world around you better. Yeah, well, what's wrong with that? No, not that. Uh, it's, good. it's complete common sense. Everything you said. Absolutely. Complete absolutely. common sense platform. You know, I, I really I, I thank you for taking the time to come out and talk to us because it's it really is. People need to hear common sense coming out of New York City and we're and we're not hearing it. And we need that level from New York City on, on at the national level. So we, we need common sense people like yourself in there. You know, um, 
Hakeem Jeffries, he's a lifelong politician. He's not the voice of the average New Yorker. He doesn't even have the experience of the average New Yorker. You know, you're an immigrant. You came here. You have a ton of life experience. You know, I really, I really, I'm, I'm imploring everyone in Brooklyn to really get up, make sure you get out, whether it be early voting, whether it be you go to the polls that day, make sure you get out, you know, look Yuri up. I mean, obviously you could tell he's a genuine person. He came out here today to speak to us. He didn't have to. We're, we're hours away from the election. He's out there. He cares. Um, so, Yuri, I leave all my guests with the last word. So if you just want to anything that you could tell it, tell to the voters and to, to the listeners on this show. People, we got to vote. Please don't mind my sniffles. I have a little bit of allergy. Season's changing. So I'm not that sentimental. <laughs> but seriously, we, we need to try. Until we try, we wouldn't know what works. We try things in life. And this is the safest thing to do. Vote Republican. Not specifically even for me. I, I would appreciate it if you like what I said, if you think I'm a worthy person of your vote. But we have a good uh, roster of Republicans, the whole column, starting with Liz Zeldin, who's surging in the polls, if you look at those polls. He's surging in the polls. Why? Not just because he has tons of experience. He has a military experience. He has a Congress experience. He has a mayoral experience. He was also endorsed by Donald Trump. After it happened, boom. He took off in polls. Seeing Huckle in the rear view window, rear view mirror, it's, it's what we need. Let, let her go into where she belongs. She does not belong here as a governor of New York. She says things that are unforgivable, un-American, and plain lie. And what she does is has a great tinge of corruption. So vote Republican, November 8th. Oh, thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, the great and powerful Yuri Dashevsky. Let's, put, let's get him up there. Let's get him up there. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. You let's have fun doing it too. Absolutely. Let's let's make New York let's make new let's restore New York to the Empire State again to, to its glory days because we could be there again. Thank you, Yuri. Thank you, Joe.